On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I tell you about the guests I'm trying to get onto series two of this podcast, and I explore the patterns that I see between the happiest people I know. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 49 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. For 52 weeks between the ages of 24 and 25, I'm going to be recording and releasing a weekly podcast to see just how much my life can change in a year. This is the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and it's a completely honest view into my life as I take on some fairly unusual things. And this episode right here is all about week number 49 in that journey. And I'll be honest, it does not feel like it was a week ago since I last sat here and recorded this. It feels like it was yesterday. Um, It's been one of those weeks where um, it's been like waking up, going to the office, working for a lot longer than usual, because again, the time of the year, we've spoken about this before, uh, going home, having dinner, going to bed, waking up, doing it again. And so the days recently uh, have all just kind of blurred into one, which means that, yeah, like I say, it really doesn't feel like it was a whole week ago since I last sat here and recorded an episode, but of course it was. And so we're back here again. And yeah, um, I hope you're well. I hope you've had a good week. This week for me has been fairly uneventful in the sense that, like I say, it's just been work. But uh, I guess one thing that is noteworthy is that the um, the lockdown, the firebreaker lockdown has now ended here in Wales. And so unlike in England right now, and unlike in Northern Ireland also, things here in Wales are actually kind of back to normal. Pubs, bars, restaurants are all open, cinemas, gyms, hairdressers, everything like that. So uh, though I haven't been able to take advantage of any of that yet because I've been in the office all week, uh, it's nice to know that actually if I if I want to go and, you know, get my hair cut on the weekend, which I absolutely plan to do because my hair is a mess right now, uh, I'm able to do that. So that's good. Um, but yeah, other than working... Something that I've been doing this week, uh, and if you read the email newsletter, you'll you'll already know about this a little bit, but something I've been doing this week is reaching out to potential guests for this podcast. Now, we've spoken already a few times about where I plan to take this podcast after week number 52, and that is to a place where this kind of episode, where we just sit and talk, happens every other week, and on the weeks when I don't publish this kind of episode, I want to publish a conversation with somebody else. A conversation where I sit down with somebody probably that I've never met before and for an hour, an hour and a half, we just chat about their life and about the lessons that they have so far learned from their life. Um, And I could have, I could have made it easy for myself. I could have given myself a list of people that I know, uh, that know me, that I know are quite interesting and I could have, you know, reached out to them by text, said, hey, mate, just want to get you on the podcast. Let's let's arrange something. And it would have been the easiest thing in the world. But actually, I've done the complete opposite. I have set my targets so ridiculously high that this week has been somewhat of a challenge 
in the sense that I've made it so hard for myself. I've given myself a list of people who, in my opinion, in my eyes, are literally like the smartest, the most intelligent, the most interesting people that I am aware of on the planet. Like, these people are busy. They're in demand. They don't have time for a random guy to be reaching out to invite them onto a podcast that they've never heard of. And so... This week has been full of sending, typing out, sending DMs, sending messages, and for the most part, getting ignored. But I find that kind of exciting. And I spoke about this in the email yesterday, but for the first time in a long time, it's one of those challenges where I'm really starting from zero, right? I have had zero guests on the podcast. I have produced zero interview style I don't want to say interview, that's the wrong word, but you know what I mean, zero guest style episodes. I have very little data to share with these people to show that it's going to be worth their time. And so essentially, I'm in sales mode. I'm in a mode where I have to convince people to do me what is essentially a fairly big favor and take an hour, an hour and a half, two hours out of their busy schedules to take a punt on this podcast to chat to me. And I've had a few people say yes so far. I think the list of people who have said yes is on four. Four people. Amazing people, by the way. Really, really excited to have the conversations with these four people. But the list of people who have either ignored me or, uh, well, just straight up ignored me, is probably like 20. So we're having about a 20% success rate right now. Uh, I think as episodes start to be released in the new format... I think that I'll be able to convert some of those ignores into yeses. And I'm optimistic that by this time next year, so when we're reaching towards episode number 100, I'm optimistic that many of the people who are so far unobtainable on that list of people I want to speak to, I think they'll have had a chat with me. I think we would have released episodes with most of the people on that list. I'm confident about that. But in the meantime... The challenge of getting to that point, the the absolute struggle that I'm about to intentionally put myself through to try and, like I say, convince these busy and these in-demand people to come on here. Um, it's going to be an interesting one, but I think what I'm going to do more and more, not to make this a podcast about a podcast, but is just share some of the stories that occur from trying to reach out to these people, just because I think it'll be interesting to give you a... Uh, somewhat of a behind the scenes look as to how I arrive at having the some some of the conversations I'm going to have with these people because already it's it's really not clear cut at all um like I've had some I wouldn't say unusual requests but uh, one person specifically is going about accepting podcast interviews in a uh, a very unorthodox way a very good way they're asking for a a certain amount of money to be donated to a certain charity, uh, which I don't think they're associated with. They're just aware that their time is worth money, and rather taking rather than taking the money themselves, they're asking me to pay that money to a charity, which I'm happy to do, which I'm going to do. But I just think that there's going to be more things like that in the future that will lead to some interesting stories. So I'll keep you updated on how I got on there. But yeah, the moral of the story is... The second series is very much in production now. I'm going to be recording some episodes from very interesting people in the next few weeks, and I'm excited to get that launched in January next year. 
Um, whilst we're on the topic of the new series, the new artwork for that series, so like the square you see in Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this, is now designed. And my God, I cannot explain to you in words, now that I've seen the two of them side by side, I can't explain to you how much I either dislike the current artwork, the red background one that you're looking at right now, or how much I absolutely love the new artwork. Like, they are so different. They are so... They're just at the opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to the style of them. Um, just, I'm just so excited to launch this new artwork. I know it's such a minor detail. I know it makes absolutely no difference to the... Well, to anything with this podcast, right? But, yeah, I just I just can't wait to get it live next year because um, I almost put it live for this episode. I almost switched the artwork over, but then I thought, no, I'm going to... As tempted as I am, I'm going to make sure that everything is nicely packaged up and launched intentionally in January for the second series. And so I'm not going to jump the gun. And for the next few weeks, me and you are going to need to live with the ugly red artwork. But there we go. Um, And so... All of that aside, I read something in an email today, uh, an email from James Clear, who you might know is the author of Atomic Habits, and he has a really good email newsletter that he sends out every week called 321, where he shares three ideas of his, two ideas from other people, and then asks one question. And of the three ideas that he shared, one of them stood out to me, and it stood out in such a way that it kind of like what we've spoken about before, where I say that my aim for this podcast isn't just to tell you my thoughts, it's for me to share my thoughts so that you have thoughts of your own, right? And that's kind of what's happened with this email from James. He shared a thought which has separately launched a kind of related thought in my mind, and that's, I think, what I want to talk about today. So this part from the email, it says, when reading books or listening to podcasts, or taking advice. Remember that everybody is biased to their own personal history. The world is complex, and there is no single path to success. Look for patterns that are repeated across many successful people, not single stories. And it's that second part. Look for patterns that are repeated across many successful people, not single stories. So what James is, of course, getting at there is this idea that everybody will tell you that it was X piece of investment that made their business successful. It was the day they closed a certain client. It was hiring one particular person. It was waking up at 4 a.m. that made them successful. They're going to tell you things in a kind of post-rationalized way to explain why they think they are successful. And I don't think people do this through malice or to be deceitful. I just think that, and I've spoken about this before with Darren Brown's book, Happy, we tell ourselves stories. And so uh, anybody who's achieved any level of success will want to build some sort of narrative in their minds and in turn in the minds of others to explain how they arrived at that success, right? We are creatures of story. So when you're listening to somebody on a podcast, in a book, in an article, in an interview, whatever, and they're telling you how they arrived at their success. I think that James is suggesting don't listen directly to the story they're telling, but 
listen to many interviews, listen to many podcasts, read many books and try and spot the trends between all of those people because it's probably those trends which are common between all of those successful people that are the actual thing that you can borrow to be successful. But I'm not too bothered about success in that sense. So what I wanted to do and what I've been thinking about today ever since reading that email is what are the common patterns in my opinion, that are repeated between happy people. People who are happy with themselves, with their life, with how things are going. People who are generally givers to the world rather than takers. And when I was having this thought, what are the common patterns between happy people? I arrived at a list of five things. Now, these could be wrong. This list is definitely not exhaustive. I'm sure there are more things. And you may even just completely disagree, but I thought what I'd do is share the five uh, patterns that I think I've spotted between happy people and just see if you have anything to add, see if you think that there are any missing. So I think the first thing that all happy people that I know, or at least most happy people that I know have in common is that they know what they're doing. Now that could be that they know what they're doing in a professional sense, you know, they're in a job where they have clear career progression and they want to head in that direction. They could be running a business that has a very clear end goal. They know what their business looks like when it's finished. And so they have momentum, they have direction in that sense. Or it could be somebody who knows what they're doing in an entirely separate way, right? It could be somebody who is just deeply engrossed into a particular hobby uh, and they find meaning from that hobby and that they know that uh, regardless of what else is going on in the world, regardless of what else is going on in their life, they can find meaning, they can find purpose, they can find direction from that one particular thing. It could even be a stay-at-home mum who is uh, running, for want of a better word, her family, or his family in the case of a stay-at-home dad, in a particular way uh, so that they're finding purpose from that. When they wake up in the morning, they know what it is that they need to do what they need to deal with and so when they go to bed at night they can kind of close that feedback loop and have a sense of accomplishment on a day-to-day -day basis uh, based on what they've done that day they know what they're doing uh, and I think that this kind of extrapolates out over weeks months and years as well if you don't have any real direction in life if you're working a job that you just kind of do to pay the bills if you uh, perhaps have a, I don't know, a friendship group that doesn't really feel like it aligns with who you are and what you want to do with your life. And so you kind of go into yourself and you don't truly live the life that you want to live because you're not doing what you want to do. Um, I think that that can lead to an unhappy life. So number one, the thing that I see all of the happy people I know do this, they know what they're doing. The second thing that I think all happy people have in common, again, from my personal experience, is that they know what is bad for them. And more specifically, they do something about it, right? There are countless things that will make us um, happy in the short term, but are bad for us. Drinking alcohol, smoking, taking drugs, uh, scrolling social media for hours on end, uh, stalking the social profiles of people we don't particularly like, uh, watching the news when it's all doom and gloom, 
uh, eating shit, not working out, anything. Like, there are so many things that are bad for us. Um, and then there's this quite clear divide in society, right, where there is a group of people who has, uh, through whatever means works for them, worked out how to identify the two, three, four bad things in their life and get a grasp of them. And then there are people who perhaps either haven't yet identified those behaviours that are bad for them or have identified them, but just think, you know what, there's nothing that I can actively do about it. And I suppose that there's nothing I can actively do about it group of people are on what we call the path of least resistance, right? These people are taking the easy option uh, because in the short term, it is easy to continue with that bad habit. It's easy to not tackle head on something that is bad for them. But with any destructive behavior, with any negative behavior, uh, it's not so bad on day one. It's not so bad on day 10 or even week 10. But in year 10, when you're 10 years into a behavior that is bad for you, whether you accept it or not, your life is going to start taking a turn in the direction, sorry, in a direction for the worse. It's going to, uh, these these things compound. And I think that whilst any bad behavior doesn't itself make you unhappy, I think that to truly find happiness and to truly be free from uh, things that will hold you back either mentally or physically, to give yourself that room to be yourself and be happy I think you need to identify what is bad for you and then do something about it and that's something I see the happiest people I know are those who have fought the toughest battles either with the world or with themselves um, there's probably philosophy out there that will tell you that happiness is effortless I'm not sure it is I think happiness is something that you have to work for in a sense not all happiness you know there's People find happiness in nature. People find happiness in spending time with their parents. All these things, all these, uh, you know, small but meaningful intrinsic things can give you happiness. But I mean like long lasting happiness where you're just good, where you know when you wake up in the morning from that moment until you go to bed, uh, you, your life is, is laid out in such a way where you don't really need to worry all that much because you're not fighting with some sort of fucking demon. And a lot of that, from from the trends I spot, like I keep saying, is knowing what's bad for you. And then the third point is kind of related, and it is that the happiest people I know are happy to delay gratification. They will take the long-term upside over short-term upside. Now, I see this particularly in business. Business is a long game. Business, like what we've spoken about, countless times on this podcast is a game where you put in effort for years or even in some case decades before you see any real upside yes there's profits here and there dividends here and there but really if you're building a business that you want to be here um, in 50 years like delayed gratification is the game um but then more than that, right, because I'm not talking about successful people here. I'm talking about happy people. We all have goals in life and most of those goals sit on the other side of delayed gratification. They sit on the other side of discipline. 
most goals, like what we speak about when I talk about books such as The Slight Edge, are actually just lots and lots and lots and lots of small actions added together over time. Now, I'm not saying that goals are attached to happiness. Or maybe, let me rephrase, I'm not saying that goals should be attached to happiness or that happiness should be attached to goals. But what I am saying is that lots of people attach their happiness to their goals. And also, rightly or wrongly, they, I, find meaning from goals. And so the people who are best at achieving those goals, and therefore we can assume at least in theory achieving happiness, are those who are happy to delay gratification, who are happy to eat shit in the short term and the medium term to eventually get somewhere in the long term. These are the people who are able to, and I don't count myself in this bucket because I'm terrible at this, but the people who are able to consistently go to the gym year after year, regardless of the season, regardless of the weather, regardless of how dark it is in the morning or the nighttime when they need to get themselves into the gym, the people who actually get results from the gym are those who are able to take the long-term approach and they probably find happiness on the process of doing that. The people who are most effective in business are the exact same. They're the people who are able to enjoy the process and not be looking for quick wins because it is that getting there that makes them happy, right? They they don't need the payoff right now. They're happy to just be chugging along. And so the third thing that I think has uh, a commonality between all of the happy people I know is that they are happy to delay gratification. And then number four, the fourth thing that I think happy people have in common is they are comfortable with being themselves, whatever that means. And this is something that I think I've personally got better at over the years. And I think that uh, this podcast is testament to that. I think I'm fairly comfortable with being exactly who I am the good, the bad, the weird, the shit that would probably get me spoken about behind my back, just being myself because that's who I am, regardless of consequence. And I don't mean that in some mad way that I'm going to start tweeting random shit that would get me God knows what. I don't mean it like that because obviously there are actions, sorry, there are consequences to actions, but I just mean being yourself, like letting your personality be whatever it is, looking however you want to look, being however you want to be around people, right? Those who are putting on a mask, those who are uh, playing up to get likes on social media or acting one way in front of their parents and another in front of their friends, or even those who act differently uh, depending on which friend or which colleague they're with. I think those people are spending their lives acting and they're acting out lots of different personalities, but by virtue of that, they're not acting out their true self. They're not being themselves. And I can tell you, because I wasn't very good at this in the past, that when you're acting to pretend to be somebody you're not, it is a very quick way to be unhappy. Because how could you be happy when you're not being your true self? Who are you happy for? Who are you happy with? If the person that your friends or your family or your colleagues know isn't really you. And so, look, this one takes, I don't know the words courage, but this one takes something to actually just wake up one day and decide that you are going to be yourself regardless of what it means. And it is something that I see true between all of the happy people I know. 
they are themselves. They're not second guessing what people might think about them. They're not worried about comments on the internet. They're not worried about uh, particular subsets of society disliking them because being themselves and being true to themselves is more important than that. And I think that that really is a shortcut to happiness. And then the fifth and the final thing that I think all happy people, at least again, that I know have in common is that they are good people even when nobody is watching. And I think that this one is perhaps the most important one because I'm sure people would call this karma. I don't think it's karma, but good people have good things happen to them, right? If you are consistently kind to everybody you meet, if you are consistently positive in situations where you could otherwise get angry or aggressive or annoyed or frustrated, if you constantly look for good, if you constantly behave in a way that you deem to be the best you can behave, um, I think that the world pays that back to you. And again, this, this is why I say I don't think it's karma. I just think it is human nature, right? If you're having a bad day and you take that out on, I don't know, somebody in a shop, it's likely that they're not going to respond very well to that. They're likely to be, I don't know, somewhat shitty or cold or ignorant towards you because you have been that towards them. And then very quickly... You can have this view of the world that people are horrible, people are annoying, people are stupid, all of these things, right? But actually, a lot of the time, I believe, our behaviours are just reflected back to us. If you spend your whole life walking around being angry or being rude, it is, of course, likely that people are going to reflect that back to you. If I'm rude to somebody, they're going to be rude to me. And so if you try and just be a good person, if you try and just say good morning to people, smile, be happy, be positive, take a breath in before you're accidentally rude to somebody because you're having a bad day and they've got in your way, just these tiny, tiny, almost immeasurably small things. I think that your whole world changes and that sounds dramatic, that sounds drastic, but trust me, I know people who are very happy and it's almost a cycle where if you just give a little, you will have that reflected back to you. And then it's far easier to be happy because your world, your view of the world is suddenly slightly better and it just keeps compounding and compounding. And I'm sure that the opposite is true. I'm sure if you go about being miserable and think that everybody's out to get you, uh, you're going to start spotting that behavior in people through confirmation bias, which will probably make you more spiteful, more suspicious, more deeply unhappy and that cycle repeats so i think on this fifth point and i do think that this is perhaps the most important of the five across all of the happiest people i know if you just try and be a good person try and have a good day try and be positive try and be happy i truly think it just compounds and like i say it's not karma it's just logic if you're polite towards 100 people, 95% of those are likely to be polite back to you. If you're rude towards those 100 people, 95 are likely to be rude back to you. 95 rude people is going to ruin anybody's fucking day. 95 happy people, it's probably going to make you happier. And so there we go. They are uh, the five patterns that I spot between 
happy people. And I think that um, now that I've written them down, now that I've reflected on them, I should probably focus my attention a little bit more towards actually doing those things myself. Because, yeah, it's what I believe to be true. So I should give it a go. Do let me know if I missed anything there, because this was literally a case of I read this email, I had this thought, I made a few notes, not even for this podcast, just I made a few notes on the back of reading that email and then thought I'd share them with you. But what are the trends that you spot between the happiest people you know? Um, because, yeah, I'm thinking now and I'm thinking of more of them. I won't go into them, but I'd be intrigued to... to um, to hear from you so let me know drop me a message on either instagram or twitter where i'm spooner sean and yeah just let me know cool okay that is everything um wow next week we're on episode 50 this really is almost over i think what i'm gonna do spoiler is there will be an episode number 53 which will be on or around my birthday And what I'm going to do in that 53rd episode is reflect quite deeply on this year. So that'll probably be like a, I'm guessing like a two hour long episode. So strap yourself in for that. Um, But yeah, I I, I set out saying that this is going to be a, a way to test how much my life can change in a year. And I think it would be a shame to document the whole year and then not reflect on that key question which is how much can my life change in a year because and I'm sure it's the same with you but fuck me my life has changed a lot this year in the last 50 weeks is actually quite hard to put concisely into words how it has changed but it's a lot so yeah there'll probably be an episode number 53 before we close off this series so look out for that but in the meantime, I uh, hope you have a good week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Oh, before I go, if you haven't already, please do make sure that you're either subscribed on Spotify or Apple Podcasts before you leave here today. Uh, it, it's likely that you are. I know that most of you are from looking at the stats, but if you're not, please do consider doing it. Uh, it's just going to do me favours as we move into the second series. Um, and so, yeah, thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you have a good week and I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 50 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.